Welcome to No Ordinary Love. And we've got Shannon on the podcast today. Miss Shannon. So, all right, Shannon, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and why you're so great. Oh, that's great. That's a great question. Um, who am I? What do I do? And what was the other part? Why you're so great. Um, who I am. Well, I am, um, I call myself a griefologist and an astrologist, and I like to weave in uh, stories within, um, like, our, our, our grief and loss live in our lives, and I, and I see it in a chart, and I am not shy to dive into those topics with people, so yeah, griefologist, astrologist, uh, fun seeker, I have a lot of Leo in my chart. Are we talking astrology? Can we talk astrology? Yeah, we can do all that. <laughs> Okay, I'm a lot of Leo, so I'm always looking for fun and joy and pleasure, and uh, I, yeah, I kind of exclude, I kind of live my life like that while trying to be a responsible adult, so yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. How do you balance that? Because I don't know how to do it. <laughs> uh, that's a trick of my life is what that is, but I have a solid, uh, I have a Capricorn moon, which makes me quite responsible when I do tackle things, um, so yeah, um, that helps me out a lot <laughs> very cool so I'll say a little bit about how um, I came across Shannon was through Jeanette Jeanette, Jeanette yes yeah. so found her on um, YouTube um, I, I watch her daily like morning tarot videos but yeah I saw you on a podcast and I was super interested um, in both the astrology and the um, the griefology part of it so found found you through her and then booked a reading on your website and that was a birth chart reading which we went over my big three talked about those and that was super cool and then we booked one for this little cutie yeah. <laughs> and uh, just did so that cool. just did that last yeah. week so that was super fun and just a lot of really good information um, I think so, but I'm a little biased, but yeah. It's just, it's helpful, and it helps you put things in perspective, and it helps you see yourself a little bit clearer, and then I feel like you can kind of, you know, for, maybe there's certain traits that you're, that are, that are hard for you, you can give yourself a little bit more grace around those types of things, you know what I mean? A little oh, bit more yeah, compassion. Oh, yeah, that's a really great way of saying it, actually. I always say, it just gives you validation for being all that you came to be, which is our strengths and our weaknesses. And as you know, in the birth chart, there's red lines and, and, and um, blue lines. And, um, you know, um, they just offer us growth, right? Like our weaknesses, quote unquote, it's just growth work. Now, if you're shy towards growth work, that's going to be that's a challenge. But if you're invested in like, who am I? Why do I react this way? What are my triggers? If you're invested in, in any kind of like, you know, uh, personal uh, digging, then it's just a, it's just another avenue or another language to see your strengths and weaknesses through different lens. And I find it to be very, very compassionate way of looking at oneself. I really do. Yeah. yeah definitely. I can agree to that. One of the biggest, biggest gifts when I started studying astrology was really understanding myself in a way that I knew, but in a way that I was not celebrated by societal norms. Yeah. 
you know, like a lot of Aquarian energy as we've talked about in the past. But yeah, so it's a it's a very compassionate way, I think, to look at ourselves. I think that's one of the biggest gifts of it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Is there like a, a common question that you get from people around astrology? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, why, do I need, why do I need a birth chart reading? Or why should I get one, you know? Right. Um, but we just talked about that. I mean, to me, it's just understanding yourself at a deeper level. But that's a common question. Like, what does it give me? Like, why should I? And to me, um, it's such a... Well, like I just said, it's such a compassionate lens to look at yourself through. And I think it really, really reduces a lot of our um, our negative self-talk that we have. You know, we're so good at that as human beings struggling with this little thing called an ego. And I just think it really silences that in a beautiful, beautiful way and celebrates what you came in here to do. Like, I did not come in here to be normal. Like, I'm <laughs> a large Aquarian. We talked about this with your birth chart reading. Um and that's a really hard place to be, especially, I'm 55, so especially my age, when I was in my 20s, why could I not just settle down and get a government job like all my friends were doing? Get married, have 2.2 kids, all the things. And I just could not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I quit so many good jobs and all my friends are just like, what are you doing? And I'm like, gotta go, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it, I, I had, I don't know about shame, I just, I never really, felt bad about it I just thought what's what's like why can't I do that Monday through Friday thing like what not what is my problem because I never felt like my fun little Leo seeking fun at all times you know uh vibe was ever a problem for me but the way it appeared to be by societal standards um was a thing that I was always a little bit embarrassed about like I don't know why I can't hold down a nine-to-five job but I still keep paying rent and I have food in my belly so can't be all that bad but yeah there's it can be a lot right like mm -hmm. so I, yeah I think that's pretty cool because yeah it's like um that's not what you're here to do yeah. right and so it's just kind of getting clear on well what what is that and what does that picture look like and you know how do we put that into practice and things like that good one how do we put it into practice yeah yeah and how do we go on and you know like like living our best life is the latest you know um sentence from uh is it, is it mary oliver poem yeah and it's true though like how do we what how do where do we take all this vitality in us and what are we gonna go do with it and how are we gonna live it and how are we gonna live it happily and with excitement and vitality you know that's what we came to to you know, we came with this vitality. How are we going to use it? Mm -hmm. What kind of fun can we have? And what kind of things can we do with it? How can we help others with it? Like, you know, there's so much to, to see and, and know about ourselves, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I feel like too, it's like, um, people want to know how they can help out. You know what I mean? They want to embody their gifts. They want to embody who they are. They want to be their most authentic self so that they can share it with others in a way that's helpful and encouraging, you know, so that we can help lift each other up and things like that. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Elaine, do you want to speak a little shy little rising? What do you I feel like I'm very, I am usually not very talkative and I just let her take the ropes unless I feel like I need to chime in. 
Um, well, she has like caramel, so. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So, I mean, I'm usually zoned out on listening to her. So. <laughs> well, what's your, well, not to, like, not at all looking for tooting my own horn or anything, but was there any takeaways from your birth chart reading that stand out as in a, wow, I never thought about it that way kind of vibe or like. Yeah, yeah. Um, how we were talking, you know, anytime I read anything having to do with a Capricorn, I'm like, no, no, like, uh. Uh, like work-wise or um, just anything along those senses, like, oh, like their workhorses and yada, yada, yada. But when you brought it up that like about uh, how like my, I might have not been in a nine to five job. I was raising my kids. But when you like, when you were saying it that way, yeah, like I put my everything into that. So yeah. that that was my nine to five or twenty four seven or whatever you want to call it, but yeah. So I'm like, okay, okay, mm-hmm. like. And you're really you're really good at it. Like you're very loyal. You're very dependable. You're very responsible. Like you took that on, and you were like, I'm gonna do my best at the Capricorn sun. You know? Yeah, and I would have never never looked at it that way. I just been like, eh, I still really don't. You know, I don't really. Yeah. Um, but it just helped me to understand myself a lot better um, to see, you know, hey, uh, like, it is these things. It's just not, like, the words that are being used, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah like, I am, I am those things, but it's not in the sense that people are the usual, I guess you would say. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good way of putting it, for sure. Like, it just, it, it shows itself in different arenas, too, mm-hmm. right? Like. I am not a mom to children, but I am a big, big um, advocate and lover of kids, right? So I have a lot of Leo energies. Leos love kids, or typically, like they're drawn to children is, is a better way of putting it, maybe. And um, one would suspect that I should have children, given how much I love children, but I don't. But what do I do with my love for children? I advocate for them. I give them lots of um, listening ears. I make sure I I take care of myself so that when they are in need, I have capacity for them because, you know, being young is really hard, right? No matter how young you are mm-hmm. and in 20s and stuff like that. So um, that's how I show up for kids. That's how my kid love shows up in my chart. But if you saw my chart, you would think, you might think, oh, I bet she has a ton of kids. Mm-hmm. And it's not the case. And that was a conscious choice, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is really interesting. Yeah, how our charts play out. Yeah, how it's only through communication with the person on the other side of the chart that it really shows itself. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the cool part is like having a conversation about the chart. You know, and being able to fill in in any information where like you there are certain years where you're like, well, what was going on in this year? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so for us to be able to be like, oh, wow, that was the year that this happened or that was the year that so-and-so whatever. And you just get to like paint this picture and put it together and you're like, okay, well, that starts to make sense. Yeah. 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 When, you know, one of the first things that I was taught is never assume. And that can be said for life, right? You meet people, we have these massive assumptions like how people look or how they dress or the jobs they have we just we just quickly put together an assumption and we shouldn't really but we do because we're human but same thing goes when I look at a chart I'm always so curious to meet the person because I can think what I'm going to see 
but I should always remain curious and never assume what I'm going to get. For instance, someone could have a lot of um, elements of air in their chart, and one might think, oh, she's going to be a chatty Kathy, or he's going to be a chatty... I don't know what the... What, what <laughs> um, but um, it can be the opposite. You we just don't know, and for me to assume I know what I'm going to get would be doing a big disservice to the person getting a reading because I should remain curious and ask questions all along the way so that I am able to um, support this person with what I see to the best of my ability. And I can't do that if I'm just jumping in assuming I know everything about you based on this chart thing that I see in front of me, you know? Mm -hmm. That was one of the biggest gifts of like being taught. The way I was taught is never assume and always be curious and ask questions. And I'm curious by nature, so that comes easily for me, but I don't think it comes easily for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm inherently very, very curious. So I always want to hear everybody's stories and I love asking questions and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super cool because it just like I said, it just is a conversation between two people and you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're saying that you working with you and having you read the charts, like that's how I felt as you could tell there is a curiosity and a and an excitement about what are we digging into? You know, what is it that like, what is all of this? And we're kind of figuring it out together and you're explaining the things that I don't know. You know what I mean? Cool. It's yeah. Really cool. I really love hearing it explained <laughs> that way. That's nice. I am very excitable. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very passionate. I'm very, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, an enthusiast for people to really understand themselves because I'm a seeker and I assume anybody that's reading reaching out for a chart is a seeker and so it's it's very exciting for me to be on the other end of someone trying to figure out themselves and if I can even assist in one small little way with one little word choice or one little sentence that sees them in a way that's impactful for them then yay you know mm -hmm. and yeah I, I, that is very exciting for me yeah. To be given the opportunity to help somebody like that. I think it's really fun. It is fun and informative, you know, and that's the point. It's like, it's not heavy and hard and dark and like, you know, when you're working on your shadow mm -hmm. material, you know, it has such a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. It's like, or it can be amazing and like, oh my gosh, did you know your moon sign's a fire sign and I'll bet your X, Y, and Z, you know? It's, I mean, I find that to be very exciting. Yep, for sure. You know? How did you get into astrology? Um, I have always been curious. Uh, again, I'm curious by nature. Um, but I've always kind of dabbled in, astro uh, in ast astrology. And um, and then I heard a podcast. Uh, it was in 2020 uh, when we were kind of at home, you know, uh, not doing a lot. And um, I heard a podcast with Deborah Silverman. And... I was listening to the, this um, person get interviewed and the way she was describing um, the wife-husband dynamic, uh, it just intrigued me because it was so bang on and it really helped them understand each other better. So that weekend, I just started going down the rabbit hole and I never came out. And then <laughs> I signed up to learn through her and her school. And, um, and then I just started doing readings after that because... Um, the school is set up in such a way that you can, you, you study it so deeply and so intensely that at the end of it, you can, you can start giving birth chart readings. So I did, and I just went, um, I just was giving birth chart readings to everybody and anybody. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, I was just like trying to 
hone it in like a language because it is. So I just, and I'd, I'd learned a second language in my, in my, um, in my late twenties and into my thirties. So I, I kind of knew the drill of like, just stick at it, just stick at it, just stick at it. And so I did for like a solid year. I mean, I sat at my desk like a full-time job or more and I just went at it and yeah, that's kind of where I ended up. And here I am <laughs> a few years later, loving it and still doing it. And, um, always working on expanding my knowledge because it is a bit of a, it is a bit of a rabbit hole that is deep and wide (laughs) and as wide as you want it to go. So it's been fun learning. Yeah, that's really cool. Super interesting as well. And I really like that you said that the learning was so intense or I don't know, you know, like so thorough that you finished your course and were able to immediately start. I don't, I don't feel like it's like that for a lot of things. Um, I've been through two courses and yeah, I've learned stuff, but when I come out, I know enough to pass my test. That's it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So I'm like, Ugh. that's a great word. Thorough. That's a better word for sure. Cause it was, it was intense. And like, I didn't, I didn't start charging money right away. I was just giving readings (laughs) to my friends. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was all done over Zoom at the time because, of course, we were in the pandemic. So every, everything was on Zoom. Right. So it was really fun. I, I could just give birth chart readings to anybody and everybody so it really helped me practice for sure and um and then I realized like there was great gain and benefit from the people that I was giving readings to and I'm like okay I'm ready to start charging yeah enough enough of being a student and uh yeah anyway so it just started from there that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. well forever a student I should say you know it's not like it ends but yeah yeah Definitely. Is there anything that you feel like you want to talk about as far as astrology or even grief or anything really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, I always love talking about grief, so we can switch it up and I'll put on my little griefologist hat and uh, we can uh, do a little riff on, on, on grief. Go for grief. Okay. Um, the reason, you know, back to like what got me here and who am I? And the reason I'm so passionate about um, grief and loss um, and became a death doula. So um, was because I lost a brother suddenly. So like I was 24, he was 25 and he died suddenly in a car accident. It wasn't his fault. And like, that was my first introduction to death. So that's pretty young. Like obviously a lot of people have it younger. Yeah. I found that to be young. And I spent probably well, let's not lie. I've spent my whole life looking for like, where did he go? What's up there? You know, right, yeah. like what are the answers to this crazy thing we're doing called life? And, um, but the first few years, I'd say the, in my twenties, I was, I was definitely on a seek seeking mission. And, um, and I mean, this was back in 92. So like, we didn't talk about grief and loss the way we thankfully do now post pandemic I would like to say is one of the gifts of this that crazy time that we lived through um but back then it was just like things were done a certain way and this is just the way it was done and it gave no room for nuanced feelings or understanding for young people like how is this affecting them and there's a lot of people affected by my brother's death small town captain of hockey team valedictorian you know like he was just a really social lovable guy um so I became unknowingly quite passionate about how can we change this? 
And I didn't really realize it was such a passion of mine until I, I went to a death doula workshop. And a death doula is just somebody that helps people, um, well, everything from A to Z about helping people die well, let's mm -hmm. hope. And being involved in helping families and people involved in the dying situation, like just the overall um, support system for a family and or the loved one dying. Okay, so I went to a workshop because my girlfriend knew I was struggling in the work that I was doing and wanted a change and something more meaningful. And uh, she's like, hey, have you ever heard of this death deal with me? I'm like, no, what is that? And I went to this workshop in the local city closest to me for a weekend. And I'm like, what have I got to lose? Like, it's a handful of $100. If I hate it, I'll do I don't need to go back on Saturday. It was a Friday night, Saturday, Sunday thing. And it ended up being, um, I was staying with a friend, so I'm like, eh, worst case scenario, I get a visit with a friend. Best case scenario, it's interesting and I like it. And by Friday, after the Friday night evening, I'm like, okay, I'm with my people. I get it, you know? And so that turned into doing a, another very thorough slash intense three-month training. And it was through that training that I really started understanding, oh, my passion is really grief and loss mm -hmm. and how we can assist people having less messy grief less messy after the fact storylines um, by assisting ahead of time, if at all possible, or just even making people understand like grief is just this thing, not just, there's no just to grief, it's awful, but um, it's, it's a thing, we all go through it. If we can just talk about it, then everybody should get a little bit more comfortable with talking about it. And if everybody's a little bit more comfortable talking about it, then certainly that's helpful to people going through grief you know where you still have to go to the grocery store and buy groceries even though your heart's ripped out of your chest you know um so it, it became clear to me around 2016 oh actually i this is quite i'm quite passionate about this because my experience with my brother was not great you know and and no offense to anybody that was there boots on the ground helping us or even my my family my my parents i mean of course they were in no position to help their other children um like not no offense to anybody but it was just the way it was back then it was very um yeah it was just so less than ideal and and i just think oh could we just make it a little bit better than that because <laughs> that mm. would be helpful to others so it became very clear to me that i i'm really quite passionate about alleviating unnecessary suffering i think that would be the best way to summarize why i'm in why i do what i do why i'm so passionate because i see a lot of opportunities to um alleviate unnecessary suffering through the process of grief and loss and i'm not just talking about dying people and dead dead people and dead things it can be as can be as um non-tangible as the loss of a dream and that to me is so interesting because i don't think i've ever really heard other people talk about that like i had never really put that together for myself like all these smaller feeling losses like that's loss you know and it yeah. puts in perspective for me like okay well if i didn't even consider that a loss then i know i didn't grieve in a way that you know what i mean like I didn't give it the attention or I didn't give myself the care in those moments that maybe I could have. Like, you just don't know if you're not really taught how to do that. No. And you're, and, and typically, historically speaking, our, our grief culture is very much like 
okay, are you over that yet? Mm-hmm. Did you just hurry up and get back to work? Yeah. So, you know, our grief culture, there's a lot, a long way to go, and it's shifted a lot since the pandemic, thankfully. But, um, you know, the other blessing of doing your own grief work is that you understand, like, the going back to work, at, you know, two days later after somebody significant in your life has passed away. And even if, quote unquote, it's just a dog, you know, there's just this knowingness when you've been through the trenches, right? And so our grief culture needs some work for sure. And that's why I'm also passionate because the more we do our work and express our feelings, like I won't be at work for a week, that would be impossible for me. Um, The more it gives other people the opportunity to speak up, which then will hopefully create change from the top down, you Mm -hmm. know, like from corporations who you know maybe understand it a little bit better or if you have enough people saying hey this is not possible like i'm no, i'm in no shape to be here the, like no shape to be working like i have no capacity in my brain you know I, again it's about compassion and it's about the humane thing to do and to expect of people and the closer we start having a relationship with how loss affects us daily over all the little things which aren't actually little things Elaine, as you would know, like, like empty nest syndrome, I don't know, but you'd mentioned it like those four years, you know, in, in mm-hmm. your, those four years went by so fast and now she's out of the house or, you know, these are big, big things. Just like when your, your little kindergartner is like graduating from kindergarten and they're going to grade one, it's like, ah, they're yeah. you know, yeah. there's a lot of loss in those little moments that we just brush under the rug because we just literally don't have time in our culture to even stop for a minute. But I think it would do us a world of good if we could stop and just hold each other in those really hard times. And the thing about grief, too, that I guess we should talk about is, like, grief doesn't last forever. You just need a quick cry sometimes, you yeah. know? And, and, then it's, and, then, and then you're on with the rest of your day. You know, you drop your kid at grade one for the first day, and you're met with a supportive partner, hopefully. Um, or a good girlfriend or, or you know somebody that's there to witness like this is a big day this is a big week this is probably a big month and and just like be more compassionate you know I just think isn't that the more humane thing isn't that just the ability to be kinder to everyone and isn't that the name of the game like, absolutely yeah and I think that's what you know like when I I think I saw you on two podcasts with Jeanette and um, what came across so clearly was just the, this level of care. Like, how do we just care more and better for people and for ourselves? Just care. Thank you. Is that mm-hmm. the message I came across? I thought that was a beautiful podcast. <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> it sucked me right oh my in. Gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. That, that's a, a strong takeaway for you listening to that. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a raging Aquarius, and <laughs> Aquarian nature is all about humanity, humanity, team humanity, I always, my favorite hashtag, team humanity, because I'm always got a lens, I've always got a lens out to like bigger communities, which is very Aquarian, bigger communities, how can I be of service to these bigger communities, how can I leave this planet better than I found it, it's not an ego driven thing, it's literally like, can I get bills changed in Canada for better bereavement leave? And not yeah. for me today, not for my 24 year old self who did not get anything like that. 
not for 10 years from now, but like forever, like I'll be long gone. And can this happen? You know, because my lens is very, um, about the collective. It's about our whole people, you mm -hmm. know? And so, yeah, I love that. That came across care. Just can we care about one another? My goodness. Yeah. Life is so hard and we're going through so much all of the time. And we barely pause to, to, to offer ourselves grace through these really hard moments. And therefore, we definitely are not doing it outwardly if we're not doing it to ourselves and for ourselves, right? Because that's just not the way the game of life works. So right. if I can encourage anybody to just soften their stance to the, towards themselves, offer themselves some grace when they're going through a moment in time that makes them tearful. I don't even know what that is, but like, whatever it is for you that makes you tearful if you can just stop and just feel it and allow yourself to feel it and ask for support if you're with people like if you have a spouse or siblings or parents or you know friendship group um because yeah it's just better for everybody yeah and uh what you're talking about is like it kind of brings into focus you know when something like this happens a loss of some magnitude do you have emotional support around you set up already that you can reach out to that you can say i need this i need that because that can be difficult too to feel like gosh do i have the emotional support around me that i need from others yeah do you come yeah, across I, that yeah i mean aren't we all just so busy in our lives first right of all? yes so you hear it all the time i don't have children i don't have a spouse so i am just speaking on like most of my friends have gone down that road right so i just see like they're just busy families are busy busy in sports busy in music busy 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 right so oftentimes the complaint i get or i hear is um i don't have time i don't yeah. have time to nurture anything outside of like what i'm already trying to tackle in a day right so there's a good chance no <laughs> i mean even for myself there's a good chance no because all of our lives are busy then maybe i'm suggesting like hey should we just slow down a little bit <laughs> yeah and start and start nurturing community um, yes i think that's another gift of the pandemic is it really made us sit still long enough to look outside of our front door to say who is my community who's on my block you know i'm lucky enough i live on a very 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 beautiful street with unbelievably kind humans um i i say it's a throwback to the 70s honestly <laughs> but like and I'm very community community oriented, so I usually know my neighbors, and I'm pretty social, and I'm pretty extroverted, so like I usually know my people around me, but a lot of people don't, and I am new to the community that I just moved to, so luckily I had a couple years before the pandemic, but it just forced us to sit still and take into account like who are who are the people on my street, who who might need assistance, like is there a senior, is there a senior with a dog that needs walking, like. You know, it just took us, it, it gave us a pause that I think is super healthy during any kind of grief. Like yeah. a pause, you know, and I was taught that by Ayanla Van Zandt when I was in a really tricky time in my life about seven years ago. And it's this pause that allows you to like collect your thoughts, collect your feelings before you make a move because you can't make a move until you collect all that to reassess Otherwise, you're doing everything the same again and again and again, right? So the pause is really good, and I think that was a, a really big gift of, of the pandemic. And I 
I hope that people took the pause and I hope they're carrying the pause with them, but I don't know. can't say for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. And it makes me think of this too, as like, you know, how long of a pause or is there any, you know, is this everyone different? You know? Well, everyone is different. Um, that we know categorically to be true. And that brings me to another really good point about grief is that everybody's grief ride is different. Yeah. And there's this massive assumption out there that it's this generic ride that we're all on. You know, maybe it started with the five the five phases or whatever and that, you know, maybe. But I think we just, you know, if we're going to talk about like patriarchy and capitalism and all those lovely topics, we're, I'm probably going to suggest that it, 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 it just it just came in like, it's just a generic ride, get over it, get back to work, and cha-cha-cha, right? So um, as everything is kind of breaking down, another gift of the pandemic, I like to say, um, as everything is breaking down, and astrologically speaking, there's a lot at play, but um, as things are breaking down, I think that we are understanding or we're more open to doing things a little bit different. So back to the grief thing, if grief is a personal journey and it is, it's very personal and no two people do it alike. Like, so that's kind of staggering. If you ask me, um, then we have to look at people's grief as in, you know, asking questions on the daily, on the hourly, on the minute, how are you doing right now? What do you need right now? And we can't assume that they need sleep or we can't assume that they need rest. If they're a really fiery person, they actually need to go burn sweat and like go run or go bike or, you know? Um, so it's, it's, it's just this reframing grief. It's not a generic ride. Every single body does it differently. And it's up to us to listen versus speak when someone is going through something because without curiosity, how can we possibly know how to support this person? And we don't know how to support the person unless we can ask questions and, 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 and understand what they need, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and that could just be like, yes, my dog walked or yes, my grass getting cut or on and on and on it goes. But I, I really want to drive home the point that grief is not generic and grief is very personal. And I think breaking down that understanding is paramount moving forward to just how personal grief is and how everybody goes through it differently. It doesn't matter if it's like two people who have lost their dad, let's say. They will go through it totally differently. Two people who have lost a dog, same thing. On and on and on it goes. So just offering that um, maybe um, new concept to the grief conversation might be beneficial for some people on your podcast in, in general, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you have something? Mm -hmm. Just say yes, it would be beneficial. Definitely. The other thing that comes up when you're talking about grief is a lot of um, how do we advocate for ourselves, you know? which I think is in part is like me knowing what I need, right? Like I have to ask myself that question, you know? Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking of all, I guess, the grief that I've been through, you know? And I don't even know if I've been through it because like I just, oh, that happened. Okay, let's move on. Like, oh, no. Oh, no. like no taking time to to even 
feel any of it or or process process or talk yeah about it's more it of just, just like okay i've accepted it and that's it like we're done pack that up and let's move on hi capricorn sun <laughs> just saying is that what oh. that is <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, and 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 here's the other thing. Um, grief is not a not a not a done thing. Like there's no journey with an end destination. It's something that we have in our back pocket forever and for always. I don't care. I don't care how happy you are moving forward in your new life. You know, you have grief. There has been loss. It is with you, and it doesn't matter if you've like quote unquote done the work or processed it or etc etc um it helps but it's not to say like you don't get five stars at the end of the journey saying you're all done yeah you know that's just not how it works you know um i'm yeah so and again back to the pausey lane like it would behoove you to uh sit your capricorn sun down and (laughs) say every now and again like hey capricorn sun we're not going to move so fast through that thing. And I'm actually going to take the weekend and look back on that thing that I did a couple years ago. That was really, really hard. And, and allow yourself the pause, like space is another word, like, okay, pause maybe. And then space to give yourself that go for a walk by yourself. Think about that thing that you are thinking about tonight. And, and you just go have a little have a little walk with yourself and ask you know ask yourself some questions around that topic and i mean i mean yeah mm-hmm. and this is okay back to astrology this is why i think a birth chart reading is actually quite fascinating on this topic of grief because as an aquarian i can detach really easily as a capricorn moon i can also detach relatively easy and i can be of service more than I can be of service for myself. So that's another mm-hmm. really nice advantage to understanding your chart. You know, a lot of my life, I was like, why don't I cry more? You know, <laughs> um, I'm a very sensitive person and my Capricorn moon is, heck no, we don't cry. We just get on with it, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm better. I'm better now. And I'm, but I, I definitely am very private in my grief. I will not be grieving usually out like, with people you know some people need people that's not me i'm very private in my sorrow and i will reach out to my friends and my good friends know when i'm going through it um but you know aquarians can detach capricorns can get busy being okay right Mm -hmm. like moving on you know keep climbing that mountain you know um and a lot of air people like libras and um well aquarius as well but a lot of air people they just need to talk uh, talk and talk and talk and talk right so it's it's valuable to understand your chart to offer yourself more compassion towards these storylines because i know i can detach easily and i know i can get busy being okay and you know doing a house renovation when my heart's ripped open and i'm dying a thousand deaths at a lot of lost storylines that i lived through about seven years ago or uh, six seven years ago um and I was in doer mode, right? Because I needed a home and I was, you know, and so, but I'm aware of that about myself, right? Like I'm aware that eventually this is going to come up and it needs to come up. And when do I get to do that? And so it's, it's fair to say that, you know, I'm a pretty slow processor in my emotional body because I, I am 
able to detach and I am able to keep moving on day to day in a way that other people that are much more um, emotional can't, right? Like, um, and that's not good or bad, can't. That's no judgment. I'm just saying I could do a house reno and die a thousand deaths every day at the losses that I incurred in the in the choices that I made to start life in a new community. Right? I, f- I feel that so uh, intensely. I'm very good at doing while I'm dying a thousand deaths. And right, it looks like, well, aside from like you now, but like everybody else be like, oh, she's so happy and blah, 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 you know. But meanwhile, like, I'm like curled up in a ball on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think like for some of us, the the model for grief you know, for better, for worse, like from family is, you know, you just, you just stay busy and you keep moving. And I know that's, that's kind of been what I've seen and experienced. Um, and I think it's just people doing their best, but what I'm also experiencing for myself is like, I can't keep moving and just not taking a look. And I feel like, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I feel like the whole last year for me really has been a lot of review of my own grief and so so many different things that I didn't even realize you know that that really were lost because I just kept moving okay well that didn't work out like we you know uh episode five basketball right that was a huge loss and I probably didn't recognize that until this year mm-hmm. how and then and the disappointment of it and that's tough like disappointment is so hard and I think I've been running from that for a long time disappointment I've listened to the podcast so I know what you're talking about (sighs) but disappointment for what like for not staying yeah okay because it was something that that I, I worked really hard for you know what I mean like playing basketball I was at a junior college for two years like I earned that scholarship to go there and all I wanted to do was just enjoy it. And to be honest, there was there was not a lot of time of me enjoying that because of the back and forth about like, is it right? Is it where you should be? Is that God's plan? And yeah. so, yeah. I'd just like to speak to my um, grief because my grief comes out in a lot of anger. <laughs> and when I listened to that podcast, I was so close to just calling you on the phone and just being like, I am so mad right now at this <laughs> You're not because the it only would have been one. A dream, and and I'm sporty, sporty spice. So I would die <laughs> to have had a basketball scholarship and gone to New York. You know, so there's so much in me that was just like, I am so mad at that friend, and I am so sad that she didn't have that full experience. And so I can only imagine what that feels like inside of you. And I bet there's a lot of anger and a lot of different emotions. Like, yeah, you can call it disappointment, but there, there's probably a lot, a lot of, like Elaine said, a lot of layers to that. Mm-hmm. Because like you said in the podcast, you've carried that around with you for years and years, that storyline, right? Yeah. And, you know, when you talk about anger, like that's a lot of that's coming up for me right now. And it's like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, what do we do with it? How do I, you know? How do I process it in a way that I'm not just popping off at my wife, you know, 
and not wanting to do that, but it's just coming out, you know? The exercise, the first thing that comes to mind is take that sporty, McSporty Spice body and move, go move it. Go yeah. punch a punching bag. Go play. I don't know if you still, like, shoot hoops and stuff, but, like, for me this year, I had a lot of stuff going on, and I play tennis. I grew up playing tennis, and I was like, I need to play tennis, and I need to hit a tennis ball hard and fast for a long time just to get my anger out. So I suggest the same to you. I don't know if that's vibes for you or not but that makes that's actually it actually confirms for me because i've been feeling like i just need to move my body more and i think that's what it is right like you think about it like tears there's no difference really between tears and sweat so if you're uh you know i'm a i'm a sporty person i enjoy working out i enjoy sweating i enjoy pushing my body um and that is a good outlet for my um my 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 um water right tears sweat whatever you know it, it it's um I, I just offer that to you because i know you're a sporty 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 spice girl so <laughs> hey so I, I just sporty spice. i just know because i lived it this year I, I was desperate to find a tennis partner and i finally did and man he could play and i could keep that and we were just bashing balls across that net and it was just <laughs> like i'm so relieved i'm so i just kept screaming i'm so happy to be here right now because it felt so good just to bash a tennis ball so yeah i mean grief doesn't just necessarily look like sitting in a corner crying your eyes out either Mm -hmm. you know that's another misconception grief for me was like playing tennis hard and i can i can play tennis so it was like i gotta find somebody who can get the ball over the net at at my cadence and like and i did find somebody and oh it was like two months of pure joy for me you know (laughs) that's pretty cool we actually just started um horse therapy like horse assisted therapy and we're loving it yeah and i i can feel like when we're around the horse like i can feel my body more relaxed so it's doing something for my body but i do feel like you know i have i'm like i gotta get in there and do more yoga i gotta you know there are things that i know that i want to do i just need to put them in motion and make sure i do it because that's that's a part of my like healing process is what it feels like that's just what i need to be doing for myself yeah and maybe hot yoga is your jam it's not my jam but maybe it's your jam so maybe it's not your typical you know back to flying your freak flag high aquarius is in the room um you do you you know maybe it's not what it looks like maybe it's a dance party where you crank the tunes and you just dance your head off for a half an yeah. hour who knows yeah. but like you you do you you know what you need to get you know you know your own personal outlets if you can't sit still and meditate don't expect to try to do it while you're trying to grieve go do something that you know you can do and you can get in the zone and do it yeah you know um yeah 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 Yeah. it's tricky oh yeah back to that talking point where you said you know asking for help or whatever that's a loaded topic when you put grief on top of it too because you know generally speaking how much of women are givers yeah (laughs) you know how much do we give we give and we give and we give and we give right Mm -hmm. so we're not really skilled at or used to exercising the muscle of asking for help oh yeah no way right okay no way not no i hate asking for help absolutely hate it refuse it I Such don't like it. Son. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't resonate with my camera. It's like, I don't want to I can do everything on my own, but I can find this damn mountain all by myself. <laughs> I love it. Maybe, maybe laughs. 
Um, then therein lies your work, Elaine, because I, I think you get to start little bits too. Like, you know, you can, it, it doesn't have to be these big, big motions and big, heavy times. It can just be like, would you mind popping some toast in the toaster for me? Yeah. Like, have you ever said to oh, anybody? I feel like? so bad doing that. Like, I'll be like, oh, like I want some coffee, but I feel like just beyond guilt or I don't even know what the emotion would be asking her to get me a cup of coffee. Like, I should be getting her a cup of coffee. I don't know what that is. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Sorry. Word vomit. <laughs> no, no. If you word vomit, you're the most quiet person in the background here. Um, okay, Elaine, therein lies your work. So every day you get to ask Trish, who would love to get you a cup of coffee? I'm sure. Yeah. You get to, you get to do the uncomfortable thing and say, hey, Trish, um, would you mind getting me a cup of coffee? I'm just getting my day started and I'm running late and could you put it in a to-go cup and you know, blah, 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 or whatever the thing is. You must do this every day. Like, this is your homework. <laughs> oh, man. And this is even like rising. It's like, I get to ask. I get to own the spotlight. My girl's giving me a cup of coffee as I race out the door to work, you know, whatever the thing is. Like, it's a, it's a little bit like, yeah, you got to really practice that. Yeah. Well, that's... And start small. Like, start small. Like, you know, start, like you're going to be in your grief body and know how to do that if you don't even know how to do that with a piece of toast. Yeah. That's exactly. not realistic. Yep. So back to that asking for help, you have to really, you know, I think, understand yourself, know yourself, know what you need, you know, because if I came up to a friend who was needing support, like, um, through a challenging time, like the best thing I can do right now for people is just give them my time, right? So if I know somebody's going through a challenging time, I'll often text my friends and just say, you know, do you need it? Do you need an ear? Like I can be there for you. Like I, you know, I could do that. But if you're in the physical environment of your person, you know, you, you really need to be able to critique what you need so that when you're in it, like, when I'm in it, I'm alone. Like, I don't have a spouse. I don't have kids. I'm, I just have a cat and a, <laughs> a dog. <laughs> and, you know, there's no one knocking on my door saying, hey, yeah, I do have really kind neighbors. So I guess the point of this is to say food is not my strength. I don't like cooking. I don't enjoy it. Chips are my best friend. I'm a lazy, lazy person in the kitchen. <laughs> and I am good when I do it. You? Chips. <laughs> chips. I want chips right now so bad. <laughs> It's so bad. So the nicest, kindest thing anybody could do for me in my time of weakness is provide me food. And I'm not even picky. It doesn't even have to be amazing. It just needs to be food that looks more like a meal than a bowl of chips. Like, <laughs> honestly. And so I know this about myself. Or I knew that, um, like, say, a dog. Like, could you take my dog for an hour and take it for a walk so I don't have to be... Um, um, I don't have to do that because to me that's not a fun thing because I have a bad ankle so I, I need to bike him but um, so I know ways in which people can nurture me and I I know to ask for that then or you know call a, you know text a girlfriend do you have a minute can I just like vent in your ear for 15 and then that'll be good like it like a, like back to what we talked about earlier it doesn't take long you know, and I think a lot of people are afraid to lean into their grief because they think it's never going to stop because it's so jammed up in us because we so don't allow ourselves to grieve. But actually, you just need to cry or you just need to like play tennis for half an hour. 
and then you just get it off you a little bit and sure it comes back and I'm not saying this for acute grief like obviously you know days after a loved one has passed like I'm not saying there's any kind of relief there I'm just talking about in general like it does dissipate when you give it space to come out you know if you have a dance party three or four songs you go to work you come home you're equally stressed have another dance party you know like it does dissipate and it does help move the grief and um so i think trusting that it doesn't last as long as you anticipate it will mm -hmm. is is a really kind thing to do to yourself and then really asking yourself like what are my basic needs that i'm, I'm really bad at meeting for myself so in my moments of of the worst things like my worst times in life then really where is it gonna really where am i going to need help food is one of them absolutely you know an ear is one of them because i don't live near any of my good girlfriends it's usually long distance um relationships i have with my good people my good friends um so those are my two go-to's you know and then how can i support myself like swimming in the ocean and sporting you know um, getting on my bike putting some music in my earbuds and like ripping on my bike like that brings me so much pleasure and I get to sweat. So it's twofold. So like just understanding mm -hmm. yourself back yeah. to, you know, growth work, like, like why get excited to have a birth chart reading? Well, I don't know. Understand yourself, like have it, have it be an added layer of, of understanding of yourself if for nothing else, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I am so happy that we did that. Cause I'm like, you are a Capricorn. You're just over here. You know what I mean? Being like, that's not me. That's not me. And then when you did that reading, I was like, I freaking knew it. <laughs> you know, I don't know that much about astrology, but I know like, you can't just, you know, yeah. not resonate at all. I mean, I guess you could, but yeah, it's, it's so fascinating. You know, like I, I hear it when people speak, I, I, I hear it, you know, like, oh, I don't ask for anybody to bring me toast. You know, it's like, you're like, Loose ding, ding, ding. Capricorn. You don't have to conquer the world by yourself. It's okay. You know, it's okay to have a friend along, you know? I think it's so sweet. <laughs> and this is the fun thing about astrology, too. So, like, back to grief and astrology and, and everything. Like, we're talking about a heavy thing right now, and we can laugh. Mm -hmm. Like, how cool is that? Like, mm -hmm. Elaine, lighten up. Ask for a help. Like, come yeah. on. What are you, like, superhuman? No, you're not. So drop it. Go ask for help. You know, we can just do it lighthearted. It doesn't have to be this, like, heavy thing you know we can make light of it and when we understand I mean talk about intimacy when if two people have their charts read and they understand really the drivers of them and you already know each other well but doesn't it add just an extra layer of knowingness to your person and to me that is a very intimate language that only you two share mm -hmm. you know it really is an intimate language of understanding in a way that is without judgment because it's like whatever she's a capricorn moon she needs to cry in her bedroom by herself like okay you know mm -hmm. um and 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 to understand it without getting hurt by those actions that can sometimes hurt us especially during something intimate like grief where you think i'm your person and you're pushing me away no she's not pushing you away i'm not saying you do this either Elaine. Mm -hmm. i'm just hypothesizing but she's not pushing you away She's literally acting like a Capricorn, which is like private grieving. Hi, I know what I'm talking about. Cap Capricorn moon here. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and then she'll come to you when she's composed because Capricorns need to be composed. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm 
I'm saying? So they're not letting their ugly grief out to like too many people and maybe not even you, Trish, you know? Yeah. But that's super helpful, right? Because then I could be on the other end not knowing that and being like, why won't you just talk to me? Why won't we just ask for help? Why can't I help? You know what I mean? So it's like, like you're saying, there's no judgment around it. We just recognize it and we let it be. I don't, I don't have to be worried that I'm not doing enough or doing it wrong. You know? No. And your Leo moon, if I may say, can I, I don't know if that's okay to say, right? On your podcast, letting people know. Okay. Sorry. It's there. What? I said, it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, your Leo moon would love to shine in her moment of sorrow. Like, let me do something because you want to be seen and admired. And that's not bad or good either. That's just like literally how you operate. So when she doesn't allow you, let's just say she doesn't allow you. And let's just say she goes into her bedroom to compose herself after her ugly cry, <laughs> but it can hurt you because Leo's are very sensitive. So in that action of separating in a moment of intimate grief, um, she could hurt your feelings by walking away from you to go into her bedroom and cry alone. And your sensitive Leo moon who needs nothing but love and adoration and admiration um, is dying because you're like, it's like the worst assault to your Leo moon. <laughs> but then if you can just witness it and be like, oh yeah, she goes in there and she, she does whatever she does for 10 minutes. And she'll come out and her mascara will be a little messed up. Maybe not. <laughs> and I'll be here when she comes out. Yeah. And I will ask her, can I make you a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a piece of toast? And she will say, because she learned tonight, <laughs> that would be really lovely. Thank you. And sit on the couch. Mm-hmm. And then the regroup can happen. You can bring her a cup of tea. She'll be on the couch, still composing herself. And that's where you can meet 10 minutes later. Yep. Instead of you getting your feelings hurt, and you laying getting frustrated that you're chasing her down the hall again. It's just like this knowingness of like, that's what she needs. I know I need this. And, um, and Terrence real, this relational life Institute, this is an amazing um, person who I've been following his work for years. And he would say that the, a large challenge of that Trish for you might be, let's just say the storyline is what it is that the the uncomfortableness of being uncomfortable and lonely within a relationship bubble. So you need to be mature enough emotionally um, to be okay with being alone within the bubble and the confines of a relationship while Elaine just goes and takes care of herself in the bedroom the best way she knows how to, which is privately. Mm -hmm. And so all you have to do is sit in a bit of discomfort, potentially loneliness, no different than grief and loss because you just lost the thing you love because she walked away on you and you just have to be there in your uncomfiness yeah but that's helpful to know it you know one would think (laughs) i do think it's helpful helpful. (laughs) yeah and i think that's you know like back to grief and loss like how he says that it just you know when I asked him a question in a live teaching format with him because I said you know I kind of challenged him on it and I said listen nobody wants to do any grief work so like how are you expecting these couples to be okay in aloneness when they're in a bubble called a relationship and you're saying to them you got to get comfy with being uncomfy for like 
a 10 minute timeout or if the person says I'm taking a half an hour timeout, I'm going for a drive. You have to be okay for that half an hour. And like people don't even want to breathe for like a nanosecond. So now you're asking literally the impossible by saying you have to be okay with yourself for a half an hour. And we had a whole discourse about that topic because right in there lies grief and loss. You've just lost your loved one and now you're grieving. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know this about yourself, you're going to chase her and then you're going to run into that like avoidant chaser, you know, like Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And instead of just being sad that you're disconnected. And being okay with that, right? Being okay with it. Yep. That's harder to do when you're actually in a fight and not just like Elaine running down the hall to grieve privately. That's harder to do and that's a totally different topic. But even just within the lens of grief and loss, if Elaine needs to do it privately because of her Capricorn son, then you need to be okay with letting her go and being sad and lonely because you can't be there to support her in the way that you want to in this moment. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. It's just loss. Yeah, but it's so interesting because it's like... You know, she does her thing the way she needs to do it, but it's causing like a growth moment for the other person. Like, hey, here's some, you know what I mean? You you do have to kind of sit with your stuff and the sadness of that moment and know that you're going to be okay and she's going to be back in 10, 15, 30 minutes and, you know, you can talk about things or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like both I mean, people. I see it that way, but there's a lot of people that would not see it that way. That, there would be a lot of people that are not growth-oriented, right? So it's like, yeah, there's growth in that for sure because you have to look at your own stuff. <laughs> but, you know, that ain't for everybody. We know. <laughs> we know. I mean, it, it is for everyone, but we don't all know it, I think. Yeah. Or we're not, we're not accepting it yet. Very nice read, yeah. Yes. Because I... Uh, ready and some people just don't know it but who cares because we're just talking about you guys and as long as back to like being in relationship with people whether it's friendship or siblings or parents or lovers the more intimate you can get to know them the better that you understand them the easier these challenging times will be because you'll be able to just say oh I know this pattern this is where Elaine goes off and doesn't come back for 15 minutes I'm just gonna start dinner And the more you get practice with it, the less triggered you'll be by it. And by the time she comes out, you'll have dinner made and she'll get to politely say, could you please put some dinner on a plate for me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And she'll get to practice her hard thing. Yeah. Practice, practice. for help. It's so like, it seems simple and small, right? But that's actually a big deal. Just to be able to say, this is what I need. Can you please do this for me? You know? Yeah, because you risk somebody saying, no, I can't. And that's more loss and grief. <laughs> you know? <laughs> if you think about it. Yes. It's like you're putting yourself out there. And people let you down. We're human. We let people down all the time. I know. So you're really risking. Which is why I say, you know, you go to your friends that you know who will support you. And even if they don't have time in that minute, they know that you're not going to be rejected. I mean, hello, we all have like crazy abandonment wounds, right? Or most of us do. Yeah. So that's like a pity <laughs> abandonment. You know, that's like, dare you ask for help? I mean, that's a whole topic. That's a whole other podcast that like ability to even ask is the next thing. Knowing what you need, but then the ability to ask, that's like a whole other that's a whole other podcast. 
Yeah. Because sometimes, too, you know, someone even might ask you, well, what can I do? What do you need? And even that can be for a person overwhelming if they're not really sure what they need. Oh, it's very overwhelming. If someone's in acute grief, you you should never ask them. Actually, you should just, uh, um, well, you can ask them. Absolutely. You can say, is there something I could do for you right now? Have you eaten breakfast today? Good chance no. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if, you, if you're in acute, acute grief. Right. Can I take your child to kindergarten for you? Can I walk your dog for you? Can I cut your grass? Or just go cut the grass. Like you don't even ask these things. Take the garbage out. You see it's garbage today? Just take the garbage out. No. Asking people what they need is like is like sensory overload. You know? It's like they don't even know what they need. They just need mm-hmm. love. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and you could sit, you know, if you have time, you could sit with them long enough to like understand their day. And then you might understand what you could do for them without having to actually ask for it. Cause you realize, Oh, it's Tuesday and their child has piano lessons at four and they're trying to keep the routines in motion. And you can just say, I'll take Jesse to piano lessons at four. I know it's Tuesday afternoon, you know, like mm-hmm. you can, you know, there's ways around it. Let's just say, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's tricky, and the whole the whole topic is tricky. But the you know, I guess it comes down to the better we get to know ourselves, the better we can help ourselves, and the better we can help ourselves, the more compassion we can throw out there in the world to support others through the hard thing, and so on, and so on, and so on. So if our support can help someone out of, I call it the shit pit. Um, <laughs> Um, not, I'm not joking, not glib about any kind of acute grief at all. Um, but, um, you know, if, if my, if my healing work on myself can assist somebody else and support them in their hardship and so on and so on, the gift of giving, hopefully it grows. And that's, I guess, the ultimate hope for me and this work, you know, or being of service to team humanity, hashtag team humanity, like, you know. We're all not okay. Mm-hmm. Like we're like we're all not okay. So how do we get to be where we can all be okay? You know. Yeah. And and you know the, the famous quote. I don't even know who said it originally, but like we're not free until we're all free, and mm. that's of emotional emotional hindrance. You know, like like. I mean, that's a whole other podcast too, but like, Mm. you know, if you have the skill and the ability to sit with somebody in their pain, do that, Yeah. you know? And if you don't have the ability to do that, take their garbage to the curb, Yeah. you know, walk their dog or do you, but show up as yourself, like show up, you know, I'm a wise ass and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a joker, you know, so I, I don't, you know, all my friends would expect me to show up in that regard, like black humor all the way and obviously tastefully like drop. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm doing that in the first few days of acute grief, but, you know, I just supported my mom through a cancer journey this year and she always commented. She's like, oh, you always make everything fun or you always, you know, blah, 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 like the humor piece. So if yeah. I showed up all solemn and crying and like not myself, she would be like, what's happening here? Where do, where's my girl? You know? Yeah. So show up as yourself. If you're funny, be funny. 
if you're thoughtful, be thoughtful. If you're a great cook, drop a great lasagna, but don't show up as somebody you're not. That's very awkward and uncomfortable for everybody, I think, including yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's super important. Such you, a huge topic. It, it is, really. And it's like the more you talk about it, the more you could talk about it. But yeah. the more I hear you talk about it, it just brings it back to that idea of like, you know, how important it is to kind of start with ourselves and, and do our work. Because if I can do that and if I can learn how to be kind to myself and compassionate to myself, I can I can also give that to others, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just see people differently. Yeah. I like, you know, how you said, you know, we're all not okay. And I think that that is like, I don't know that we want to admit that, but I think it's like, come on, guys, we're all not okay. I've been telling Elaine this year, like, I know I'm not the only one because I've no, been going, not. I've been going through it. Just, you know, just trying to, I don't know, you know, yeah. be kind to myself and be patient and be, you know, yeah. it, it, but it's, um, it's a lot. It's a it's lot. It's not comfortable. It's not at all comfortable. No, and people have expectations like, you know, when I first moved to this community that I live in now, but I, I was new at one point and people are like, and I mean, I'm an Aquarian, so I like kind of like saying things to people that shock them, but they said, oh, what are you doing? Or, Did you get a job? And I, like my life is absolute and utter chaos and I, I I was just like no I, I'm just pausing that's what I started telling people I'm pausing and they're like pausing and I would explain to them I'm like I'm in no shape to, to be doing anything besides like taking care of myself and at best I can barely do that on most days you know so I'm pausing so you can tell people that Trish like what are you doing I'm pausing I'm healing. It's just so unheard of that people just don't know what to do with it. No. Um, and like, it's just, you, you can see it in their faces. Exactly. Like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. And it's just like, um, it's either I freaking jump off a bridge or I take this pause. Yeah. You know? I, don't I mean, know for, I don't know if for uh, me it was no, that no, much. It was, no, but, <laughs> but it was yeah. a lot. That was, that was <laughs> me. I'm sorry. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go drive um, into, you know, the divider on the yeah. freeway. Mm -hmm. What did you say? I said Sorry. that that was me, except mine was let me drive into the divider, like the center divide of a freeway. That's so hard. Yeah. Me. Not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. But for, for a long yeah. time, it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that uh, determined son Capricorn, hey, was going to stick around and raise those kids, damn it. Yeah. Hey. Absolutely. That was always what I could see. Anytime I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it today. Was just them too. Wow. That's so huge. Um, wow. I mean, we're a hustle culture, right? Like, this mm -hmm. is all the breakdown of capitalism, patriarchy. All that shit's flying down. Like, it's, yeah. just, it's just falling down. Okay, it's slow process and all that. But it, it's happening. It's happening whether people want to admit it or not. And you are at the front lines of saying, I'm pausing because that's what's good for me. And if it's not good for me, like if I'm doing something that's not good for me, that's not good for anybody that's around me. Kids, wives, husbands, you know, dogs. Right, anyone. So 
you're at the front line of showing people this is what's important actually and have we learned nothing from the pandemic are we already back in like grind hustle culture i don't think so i'm not i'm not surrounded by that i mean i kind of am um and i do get a lot of you know sort of side cast judgments but like like my work schedule because it looks very variable <laughs> um as an entrepreneur but um you're pausing and there's no shame in that and i took i took pride actually in making people uncomfortable with that sense is like what are you doing are you working what are you up to out there i'm like i'm just pausing for the winter i'm taking the winter off and i'm just pausing i'm walking out the ocean and i'm staring at bald eagles and i'm supposed to be like <laughs> be grateful and i'm like beautiful bald eagle awesome walking <laughs> sad angry all mm. the awful feelings i would see like a sand dollar i'm like beautiful sand dollar pretty and keep walking you know like i was just like hanging on by a thread yeah people ask me like are you working and i'm just like i couldn't imagine waking up and going to a job where no one knew what i was going through and pretending not to cry through my day like it was it was it's really hard and but i took glee in making people uncomfortable because i knew what i was doing was the most humane thing that we should be asking of anybody when they're going through a challenge or when they're finally starting to face their grief of the basketball scholarship in New York. Like, this is the most humane thing we can do is say, hey, Trish, that's a lot. You haven't processed it yet? You deserve a pause. Like, that's humane. And we should be doing it for everybody. But no, grind, hustle, grind, hustle. We need money and everything's expensive and money, money, money and expenses, expenses. And, you know, we're just like, you know, wired to mm -hmm. grind. And, and have I'm all just, the things here to celebrate mm -hmm. being at the front line of like no not doing that anymore and somehow i'll find money to buy food but i'm not doing that grind hustle thing no mm -hmm. i'm like i know or, that resonates with you for sure oh yeah yeah definitely yeah because yeah. you feel like you're just out here like nobody really gets it but at the same time i almost don't really care because i know how much it's helping you know what i mean yeah. Like, I know yep. that I'm feeling better and I'm seeing things differently and I have perspective and, you know, the feelings are coming up that need to come up. I mean, like anger, it was almost like that didn't exist for me for a long time. And now I'm like, no, I've been angry about a lot of things for a long time. And yeah. it's time to start talking about that, you know, yeah, not necessarily. Exactly. I don't know if I need to be doing that on the podcast, but I'm talking about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I would, you know, like back to that sport thing, like, like there's really like, it's so cathartic to like punch a punching bag, you know, if you're a boxer or like, you know, back to that whole thing, like, you know, sure, get we angry, about go in the force and scream, mm -hmm. go to the ocean and scream for sure. Get it out, get it out, get it out, get it out. You have a lot <laughs> to be angry about Trish. Mm -hmm. Um, and you deserve a pause. Everybody deserves a pause and it's such a privileged statement to make when like I get it and um but I'm just saying like if I could dream a new world we would all get the pause and we would all have enough money to buy food and we'd have enough food and we'd have shelter and we could go get our teeth cleaned and 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 like that's that's the big vision I have in my big beautiful brain that is seeing a future ahead of where we're living in the present time but um, so when I say everybody deserves a pause, you could pause. I'm not. Yeah, I guess it's coming from a pr privileged stance for sure. But I, I don't mean it to be. Mm -hmm. I, I just believe that we should all get 
to be in the position of taking a pause when our hearts are too broken. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, because otherwise that's where addictions bleed in and that's where a lot of bad things start happening. And that's where we lose connection with the humans that we love and marriages fall apart and communities fall apart. You know, connection is, is, mm. is key and it's very, 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 very challenging to remain connected through our grief body. It's, it's oftentimes much easier to break into isolation and, and escapism for sure. Absolutely. And just yeah. you saying that, it's like, it's almost like, what are we risking by not taking that pause, by not taking that look, you know? Because it, it just seems like it makes everything harder, you know? Your personal, intimate relationships with your kids, your wife, your friends, your everybody. Like, it just makes it difficult, you know? Infinitely harder. And back to unnecessary suffering. It's unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. That is so unnecessary to lose connection with our loved ones because we, we don't live in a time and place and space where we can pause because we're hurting so deeply. I mean, my goodness, the pandemic alone, like swimming in a sea of loss, Oh yeah. swimming mm -hmm. in a sea of loss and everybody's back to work back to flying around the planet going on holidays and i'm not no no offense like no judgment on that but it's just like like we're just swimming in a sea of loss and there's very little recognition for the collective trauma we are living through and still don't know the end of mm -hmm. and if we are not taking time to help ourselves through this very precarious time that we're living through you know we're only three years out from it right we still don't really know the end outcome of it and i just think it would behoove a lot of us to like take time and do what's right for us, whether it's sports, music, walking on a beach, reading a book. I, I, I just, yeah, there's a lot of collective loss rolling, rolling around our communities. And you're, that's why I say you're at the front lines of, it may look like buying your freak flag and like, what are you doing? But you know what you're doing. Right. And Elaine knows what you're doing and you're teaching your children. You're teaching your children and that is so beautiful. And yeah, I commend you. It's very, very hard in the grind hustle culture to sit still. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have um, one more question. Yeah. If you have time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. I feel Are... like we're just been lot so I feel bad if it's taking too much of your time go ahead oh no it's good so yeah. I'm curious to know are there like other cultures or things that you've seen in communities where people are are doing grief in a more caring way first nations indigenous people okay 100 percent wow yeah I, I yeah I mean one of the biggest lessons for my grief was years and years ago and uh, a good friend of mine a good friend of a friend of mine um, worked tightly. Her husband um, was involved in the First Nations band and um, she passed along a message to me for my grief that I was going through at the time and, and the message was like um, feel your feelings and they will pass through you. Well I was young. I mm. was in my early 30s <clears throat> and it was after my brother's death, but it was um, it was like a death what I went through. It was a, a very bad breakup and it was like pretty much ghosting experience, but back before we had a terminology for ghosting and he lived abroad and I was in Canada and, um, and it was like a death. 
And when she said that to me, mm -hmm. I thought, okay, I will. And I quit drinking, not that I was a big drinker, but like you're in your early 30s and you're, you know, having social drinks with your friends all the time and stuff like that, or at least I was. And um, when she said that to me, I was like, <laughs> Capricorn beauty lane, I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to feel my feelings. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to, you know, I never did drugs or anything like that, but I was just like, I'm going to be as conscious of this experience as I can be. And I did that and I felt it all. And I didn't shy away from anything. I played music that made me sad. And I, 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 so yes. And because that experience really helped me understand, like, it's just a feeling, it's just energy. It just comes to you. You do something with it, smash a tennis ball, cry your eyes out, talk to a friend, I don't know. And then you move on with your day. And then the next feeling comes up and then you do the same. And then the next feeling, it's just like this, like, exercise machine of your heart mm. and the more you do it the more in tune you get with doing it and it was healing like, I, I don't know what to say so yes i i think i think there's a lot of cultures that do it better than our culture 100 percent. but that's the first thing that comes to mind when you ask me that question mm -hmm. just on my lived experience of like taking taking their advice and doing it that way and that was the beginning of me understanding like, oh, grief doesn't pulverize you 24 hours of the day. It just pulverizes you in the moment. And then you get pulverized kind of like a wave, I guess. And then you, you know, get the sand out of your bikini top and you sort yourself out and then carry on. And then until you get pulverized again, and then you just do that again. And then, and then you realize like, okay, I can have like, Oh, you'll like this, Elaine. I can have productive moments in my day, said the Capricorn Sun. <laughs> I can have productive moments in my day where I'm not just pulverized 24-7. And in the beginning, it feels like you're pulverized 24-7, but then it dissipates and you get like an hour break. And then, you know, next thing you know, you've got three hours linked together where it's like, oh, I kind of had a good time tonight. Back to being pulverized, you know? Mm. So, That's super yeah. helpful. So... We just want to say thank you for being on the podcast, for one. Mm -hmm. We definitely enjoy having you on. We will have you on as often as you would like to be on if you would like <laughs> to be on. But also, yeah. um, where can people find you if they're like, hey, I'd like to get a birth chart reading? Yeah, great um, question. And thanks for having me. I just so appreciate it. And I've so enjoyed listening to your podcast. Like I told you, when I'm driving, I listen. And uh, it's so good. Trisha voice is just like caramel. Um, <laughs> I just love, I just love, yeah, I just really have enjoyed your podcast. Um, and you can find me on Instagram. Um, my handle is Shannon, S H A N N O N E, as in Elizabeth. And my last name is Weird and Wacky and Beautiful. Take us, T A K A C S. So Shannon E. Take us, T A K. ACS. I'm sure you'll have it in your little notes after. Yeah, but yeah. you can you can um you can find me there or my website, which is just my name.com and either place you can um you can book a reading if you want a birth chart reading or if you just want to call and yap about grief. Like um I love both as you can tell. So Okay. And so far as far as grief, if anyone wanted to contact you, is that like a one on one session that they would book? Yeah, one-on-one, -on -one, or if a family's going through something and they need some support, it can be a group environment. I've done both. Like, anything, you know? Just reach out, tell me what's going on, and I'll jump in. So one-on-one -on -one or group, whatever. Whatever's going on for a family or an individual, yeah. 
All right. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Or text, you know. But no, my phone number's not on my website, so no. Uh, don't do that, actually. Just go to, go to my website. Go to my Instagram. Like my thing. Follow me. <laughs> reading, all the things. Definitely. Yeah. Super fun. But thanks for having me. I really love it, and I would love to come back because, as you can tell, grief is kind of my jam, and astrology always gets woven in there. Hey, Cap Sun. <laughs> I love the two together. Yeah. Like it's yeah. so cool, right? Yeah. It's hard to um, it's hard to um, make people understand it, like as seeing two subjects like that on a website or something. But to me, it just makes sense because my. I'm just infused. I'm always just infusing both topics. Like whether I'm yeah. reading a bird trip reading, like the stories come up and, and I can just meet people in the gnarliest of gnarliest stories. It's, it's just, it's just what I do. Um, and as you can tell, just from our conversation tonight, they, they are, they're just weaving all the time. If you ask me. Definitely. But, yeah. But I'm a little mm-hmm. afraid and I, I see things a little differently, just like you, Trish. So it's like, of course you think it's totally normal that these two topics live together. It's like, great. I love it. Mm-hmm. The, uh, they're, they're married together. They're a little couple and it's cool and it works. <laughs> we follow just astrologists at your service. Yes. I love it. Very cool. Thank yes. you so much. Oh my goodness. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening to No Ordinary Love. Please listen and subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want us to keep going, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Instagram at No Ordinary Love Podcast. If you like us, please leave a review. We're eager to hear from you. You can also email us at noordinarylove23 at gmail.com. Or you can send a recording of your question and we'll answer a few each week.